Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban. I'm here with my friend, Chabruta and Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Babakama, daf Yud Aleph, page 11. Now, one of the things that we've learned about is, is that when the damager causes damage to another person's ox, right? Like, let's say, and my ox scores your ox, right? You're the one who has to deal with the carcass, and I don't have to deal with the carcass, right? And we talked about that a bunch yesterday. So the Gemara then begins, and basically, sorry, just to fill in a little bit, basically the way it works is, is that you need to get the carcass, like there is a value to the dead animal itself, and you would sell that dead animal, and then the damage is paid as sort of a deduction of what the overall value of the animal was, minus whatever money you made off of the carcass, and that's what the damager has to pay. The Gemara then wants to know if this idea of having to sort of get the carcass assessed, does this apply to other type of damagers? Amr Shmuel, Shmuel said, The courts do not evaluate for either a thief or a robber. Meaning, if an animal was stolen by somebody, and we, we're not going to discuss now what the difference is between a ganav and a, and a gazlan, we'll talk about that later, and it dies in their possession, right? They actually keep the animal, the thief or the robber, and they have to pay for the animal in full. There's no deduction that they can take. Elulin is he can. They only evaluate the carcass in a case of um, in a case of uh, of damages, right? So that's the only time they have to do it. Um, and I say that this is true also of a borrower, the Abba Modeli, and Abba agrees with me. So the idea here being um, that first of all, Abba is a nickname that we see very often for Rav, okay? And we know that Shmuel and Rav usually disagree with each other. So Shmuel saying. Rub agrees with him on this. But the idea here is, is that if somebody borrowed an item, right, they have to pay for it. So what Shmuel is saying is, right, that a borrower, but what does he mean about a borrower here? It's not clear what case he's putting him in. It's a little bit, it's an ambiguous. So when he says, is he saying that the borrower falls into the category of someone who the court does not evaluate the carcass, right? The borrower just has to deal with it. Or does it fall into the case of, yes, that, you know, the, uh, the damaged party actually deals with the carcass? So they wanted to figure this out. Is this what Shmuel meant to say? Right? So they just fell out the question. Is Shmuel saying that the borrower, we also evaluate and Rav agrees? Or do we say that the, that what he tries to say is the borrower does not evaluate, meaning doesn't have to deal with the carcass, and 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 uh, Rav agrees with this. So the Gemara tries to answer this with a proof. Toshma, and now they give uh, not they don't bring a Tanaitic proof, like they don't bring a Mishnah or a Brisa, but they actually bring a case, right? And so, and this is something that we've talked about, which I think is interesting. Is like just paying attention to when they bring Tanaitic literature to prove something versus they bring a case to prove something. There was a certain man who borrowed an axe from his friend, Tabra. He broke the axe, right? They came before Rav. Rav said to the borrower, Go and compensate the odor with a good axe. In other words, you keep the pieces, right? And, you know, you, you just have to buy him a, a, an axe. You have to buy a replacement axe. So this would seem to mean, right, that Shmuel would put this in the uh, Mamina in Shamin, right? This would mean 
that Shmuel's statement, and again, they're using a decision that Rav made because Shmuel said that Rav agreed with him, means that the case of the borrower is the same as the Ganav and the Gazlan, right? There's no evaluation. They just keep the damaged object and just have to do a full replacement. The Gemara rejects this. Adaraba, right? We could say the opposite. From the fact that Rav Kahana and Rav Asi said to Rav when they heard about this ruling of his, Dina Hachi, is this the law? Vishatik and Rav was quiet, meaning he understood that maybe he did the wrong thing. Maybe we say we do evaluate for the borrower. In other words, the borrower, the person who owned the axe, he would get the, the damaged axe, sell it for whatever the pieces are worth, and the borrower only has to pay the difference. So the Gemara is still going to try to figure this out, right? So the Gemara, well, they don't, you know, now goes through whether the court evaluates a carcass. Itmar was said, Amar Ula, Amar Rabbi Elazar. Ula said in the name of Rabbi Elazar, Shamin Laga right? We evaluate for a thief and a robber. Rapapi Amar, but Rapapi says, Ain Shamin, we don't. The Hilchata, Ain Shamin, Lo Lagana, Velo Lagazlan. So Rapapi, who agrees with Shmuel, right? He, and this seems to be the halacha that we do not evaluate for a thief or a rapper. But for a borrower, we do. Kids are Rav Kahana, the Ravasi. The way that Rav Kahana and Ravasi seem to have gotten... Uh, you know, that there's sort of... The borrower, ultimately, halakhically, falls in a, a, a different category. The borrower, uh, you know, does keep the... Uh, you know, the borrower is going to... Um, you know, doesn't keep what he borrowed, right? There is going to be some evaluation for the parts that were broken or whatever it was that was damaged. And then, you know, he'll have to make the difference up. And I, I kind of like that because there does seem to be to be something unfair to put the borrower in the same category as the gun of and the guzzlan. Like, you know, as I said yesterday, where I talked about that, this idea of the carcass to me, you know, I compared it to like when you, when you get into a car accident, right? Like you don't want to deal with, you know, you get paid for whatever damage if you get rear-ended, but you're the one who has to deal with the hassle of like getting it fixed, figuring out if there's any value left to your car, things like that, right? Something damaged you, but it makes sense that the robber and the thief, they got to take care of everything, right? There's We don't help them out in any way possible. The damager, the damaged party, you know, isn't responsible for any part of this at all. Um... Right. I, it's, I think, again, speaks to the level of detail that is necessary in presenting all the different issues of torts and damages. Um, I want to move on to Ahmed Bet, where we have, even still on Ahmed Aleph, we have a number of opinions. No, let me say this more carefully. A number of rulings that are brought in the name of Ula. Now, the first, or maybe the first two, are talking about miscarriage and determining, you know, how old a fetus might be viable and so on. So um, in full disclosure, we decided we're not up to talking about that today. Um, we hope you all forgive us. If you're very, very curious about this, obviously the DAF is there for you. Um, but I am going to talk about some of Ula's other readings. So if you join me on Ahmed Bet, um, a little bit of the way down, it says, Now, this is, I think, you know, its own topic in a very serious kind of way. We had discussed, or over time, especially in Masakha Kiddushin, but not only, we have discussed several different kinds of kinyanim, right? The formal acts of acquisition by which one acquires something, 
pardon the redundancy. And so for many, many things, we say there's a kinyan hagba. They, by raising something, let's say from the ground or from a table or counter up into the air, more than a tefach high, a hand breadth high in your own hands, that's usually enough to, you know, for there to be a formal act of acquisition. Of course, the problem with this is that you cannot raise a large animal in your hands because they're too darn heavy. So the there's another way, right? I mean, the other way is exactly this, Kenyan Mashicha. Mashicha meaning pull the animal. Now, the Gemara wants to question this, of course. Baha Didn't we learn the, in a Mishnah, and this Mishnah goes back to Kiddushin, we saw it quite recently, right? That you would, instead of having Mashicha, where you pull the animal, you simply transfer the reins of that animal, think about a horse, right? From the from the seller to the buyer. So the Gemara explains that Rabbi Lezer's opinion here is lining up with the Tana, meaning that Tana who taught in a Brita. What did they say? Where it says, the sages say, this and this, meaning both large animals and small animals, are acquired through this act of Mashiacha. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, they're acquired through the act of the buyer lifting the animal, which again, sometimes is going to be very difficult. But the idea here is that there's some negotiation over exactly what is the procedure by which one acquires a large animal. And it's, you know, as much as Ula makes it sound so simple, Ula citing Rabbi Lezer makes it sound so simple that you do it with Mashicha, it seems that there's some, there are alternate approaches as well. The Gemara goes on. Now, we've got a new case, meaning the we don't have, we don't have like a, singular or solitary approach to the acquisition of a large animal, there's this kind of like hint to the broader discussion. And now we go on to another statement, another halacha taught by Ula, because all of these are collected here because they are the statements of Ula, meaning that's what they have in common. So this next one, So Ula says, says that when you have brothers, or decide dividing rather an estate that they have inherited, right? And then they have to assess like all the other things that came with the estate, meaning not just the land, but all the metalcaline, right? If you're talking about clothing, right? So for example, or or precious items, I don't know, right? You have to decide or evaluate how much those things are worth, and then they're going to you know divide that. But the, and that that kind of appraisal will come from the court, but. The Gemara here says that the court does not appraise, let's say, the clothing, even even the clothing that they're wearing, right, is going to be something that if they used it for money from the estate, they have to evaluate it so that it's a fair and equal division. But they, the court does not evaluate any clothing, let's say, that the children of these brothers who are inheriting, um, it doesn't evaluate their clothing, meaning we don't insist that the children are, uh, show up in court. We don't, it's considered humiliating. You know, to have to assess what the children themselves will be wearing. Amar of Papa, and Rav Papa says sometimes even with the brothers themselves are wearing, you don't have to evaluate it. Because you know, for example, you could find where you've got the eldest brother. You have one case where the brothers would waive their rights to determining how much the value of the older brother's clothing is because you know, they're going to forego it, right? They want him to look good in court. You know, he's going to represent their interests. So they're going to say, you know what? Let him keep that really nice suit, for example. 
Okay, the Gemara's got another Ula statement. Amar Ula, Amar Rav Lazar, Shomer Shemaser Shomer Patur. Your data, this goes back to your to the list of different kinds of damages that you read, which include the Arab Shomrim, the four categories of watching, right, which you also just addressed now in terms of, you know, if you've got somebody is watching out for somebody else's property, and the question is, is, you know, in the category of a watcher, for, you know, are they have been they have they been hired to do so? Um, are they doing it for free and so on? So this is the case of again where you have one person is watching or keeping an eye out on uh, something that was you know given them to be under their auspices, under their authority to protect. And now what happens is if something would happen to that item that was given to that person to watch. So in this case, the gemara it says it's patur. But sure that the, that watcher would not need to pay the damages. So what happens? Again, there's four categories of shomrim. Somebody who's doing it as a favor. That's a shomer chinam. He's not getting paid. He's not renting something. right? And then he hands it off to somebody who is a shomer sachar. Somebody who has been hired to do this. So for that, we say that you're increasing the level of of protection because once somebody is hired to do something, you know, they know, you know, that they're really going to be watching out for it. You trust that more than somebody who's simply doing you a favor, you know, out of the kindness of their heart. But the Gemara says, but even somebody who is hired, who hands it off to somebody who is just doing him a favor, and that's a lesser level of, of watching, of protection. That person would also be exempt from having to pay. But as long as the hired hand hands it off to somebody who is, you know, a competent person and, and understood to be so, then it's enough. It's considered that that item is going to be safeguarded by virtue of the Shomer Chinam, the one who's just doing a favor from watching. Um, okay. The Gemara goes on here to get involved a little bit further involved in the different kinds of cases of the Shomrim. And that should not surprise us because every time, maybe not every time, that the Gemara discusses the Shomrim, there's always more to say. And then we have yet another Ula statement. Right? Ula citing Rebbe Lazar says that the halacha is you collect the debt. You can collect the, if you have, if you are the creditor and you have somebody is in your debt. You can collect the debt via the slaves that that one owns, meaning as payment for the debt. So you might not have been a slave owner, but now in payment for your own debt in some other kind of loan, you could actually become a slave owner. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be paid back in kind. You can take any kind of property. And then this goes on to discuss, you know, what about if you're collecting from the debtor's orphans, right? The debtor is, is no longer alive, but the, his heirs have inherited his debt. You know, it's not so simple to collect slaves in that category. I find this last bit here, and of course it's, you know, bringing us to the end of the daf, basically. The discussion of transferring slave, you know, as a, whether it's going to work or not, whether, you know, whether it's allowed or not to be perhaps the most interesting because I feel like maybe there was an inclination to say, no, slaves, you know, it's bad enough if somebody's a slave of one person, you can't transfer that. That's not what they say. You know, the bottom line is they say that it, it would work to pay back under certain circumstances. But the fact that it's a discussion 
the fact that it's raised as a discussion, uh, you know, to say this is slaves are kind of property. I understand that this is, you know, an anathema to all of us today. But the idea that slaves are kind of property and it's not a given that you could just automatically pay back with your slaves suggests to me that even back then, slaves were not just, you know, property, even though they also were. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed this many times. It's sort of, we, we see that slaves sort of had a kind of a different purpose than when we think about slavery. I don't think it was good. I don't think it's something we should aspire to, but definitely something different. Um, look, I think this is one of these kind of like funky duffs where there's just like a lot of random rulings, which is something that Gamar does sometimes, where if you're talking about one person, you're just going to continue to talk about his Torah. And that's basically, you know, what we see happen here. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Music.